This is Just Women, every Tuesday at one o'clock on Brooklyn's radio. I'm delighted to welcome and introduce Lisa Wallin, who is an accomplished violinist and has her own music agency supplying top-class musicians for TV shows, parties and events. Lovely to have you on the show, Lisa. Lovely to be here, Anne. Great to chat with you today, hopefully. So have you always been musical from a young age? Um, yes, <laughs> is the answer to that question, yeah. Um, I mean, by the time I was six, I could fully read music. Could you? I, was on, I learned to actually on recorder. And I wrote my first song when I was eight and performed it in front of the entire school. Um, so, yeah, you can pretty much say it was in my DNA. Yeah, I was going to ask about that, actually. Is it nature or nurture? Is it, do you come from a musical family or were you sort no, out there not, on your own? No, not at all. Um, my parents, God bless them, um, not musical in the slightest. It really is, I mean, and I see it myself with my own students that I teach. It's, it's literally a gift from God. God, you, you, you're either born with it or, or you're not. You can nurture, obviously, yeah. and improve, but the really, really musical kids, they, they've just got it. Yeah, but quite often, I mean, you, you sort of see musical families, don't you? You know, oh, all yeah. the kids can play grade eight piano yeah, and the yeah. parents have done this and that yeah, and the other. Yeah. And, you know, they, they kind of follow that track because it's in the family. So, yeah. so what happened then? Your parents gave you a recorder and said, have a go at this, and among other things, like gymnastics and, and horse riding or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was actually my my primary school um, said told my parents they basically call them and said, "Look, your daughter's really musical. Um, you know, get her some instrument lessons." And my parents, God bless them, they couldn't afford it. So they said, "Well, we can't afford it." So, but then there was an option to have when I was eight, which is quite late for violin actually to start yeah. that late, to do um, peripatetic lessons from a teacher where he he used to come to school and teach us in groups. So I did that for two years in a group. And then after two years, so I was 10 by this point, he phoned up my parents and said, look, I can't teach Lisa in a group. She's just flying way ahead. Yeah. Um, I think she ought to audition for music school. So then I was promptly um, dispatched to music school on Saturday mornings, um, like a junior music school. Um, and my parents managed to get a bursary. So um, I did that from being 10 to 18. Amazing. And was that just violin or were you sort of generally musical? You said you started with a recorder. Were there other instruments along the way before you settled on the violin? Um, violin, I was n never encouraged to sing apart from the choir, which um, was quite sad. But luckily I, <laughs> I got back into singing when I was a bit older. Um, piano, I mean, you have to do piano. You have to play a second instrument. Yeah. So I, I took my grade five on, on that. But, and then I did violin and viola, actually, in my, late, in my late teens. And you were talking earlier about the, you know, understanding music. I mean, is that, again, a kind of a, a gift and you just looked at it and kind of picked it up more or less? Or um, No, you, you have to learn. It's yeah. a language. But, but so you, you have an aptitude. So you can yeah, you have an aptitude. Yeah. It's, it's more about the innate. Ear. So yeah. you have to have that musician's ear to be able to know la is having la. You know, you just yeah. gotta be able to hear that and and have the dexterity. And uh, you know, the the violin is really complex, hugely complex, particularly for coordination with a little kid. Yeah. So and some some kids just physically can't do it. You know. So yeah, I mean, it must be a parent's worst nightmare in a way that when they've got a kid who wants to learn the violin and they've got no aptitude, and it's just that sort of soaring sound, isn't it? It must be yeah. sort of practice every night. I mean, I, I guess you went through that for a while. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't really remember. I mean, I just remember that it, there was no question ever in my mind uh, that I was ever going to do anything else no. apart from the ballet. Oh, okay. Yes, which is a whole another chapter. But then again, that decision was made for me. But, I, I mean, it was just truly truly what I wanted to do yeah. so I was a really driven child like my parents were not even slightly well a they couldn't help me in any way you know they couldn't help me practice they couldn't help me um but they, they never stopped me from practicing but they didn't say oh darling I'll come Why don't here you try and, this? <laughs> and try e minor arpeggio three octaves you know um as I could do to my child but yeah. you know but obviously they couldn't do that but so I think you know with the really with kids who are really talented you've got to have the you've got to have real tenacity yeah real tenacity and real inner drive i mean you hear about these parents like bullying their kids into hours of practice yeah you know mm. that's not right i mean it, whether it's tennis or violin yeah. or anything it's got, if you've got to, to bully come, it it's yeah. not gonna work is it, it no it's got to come from the kid and also i i do get a lot of parents who say to me, oh, but we're not musical. How could, you know, it's never going to work because we're not musical. We can't help our child. And I say, nonsense, you know, because I didn't have even slightly musical parents. And, you know, and it worked for you. And it worked for me. Yeah. So it's possible. So you went through the music school and you got to 18, I think you said. And then yeah. what happened? Did you sort of join an orchestra or were you already part of an orchestra? Or was it just a natural um, progression? Well, I'd also, from the age of two and a half, been doing ballet. So I was quite a busy child. Yeah. Um, so, so not gymnastics or horse riding. It was ballet. No, no, no. Pure ballet. Yeah. And at 13, uh, and I was quite good and my teacher applied for me to go to White Lodge oh, the yeah. Royal Ballet Richmond, School is that Richmond Park yeah that's right when yeah. I was 13 but by that point when we got the application form we found out that I was five inches too tall at 13 okay so that was basically the end of my ballet career but I kept dancing I so I kept doing classes and I loved it I loved to dance but and I thought when I was 18, like a couple of my friends were going to like Royal College of Music. But um, I just thought, well, if I go there, they'll stop me dancing. I want to go somewhere where I can do both. So I found Middlesex University, which was doing offering a performing arts degree, a BA honours. Okay. Which my parents, I think, were more comfortable with me actually doing a university degree than just music college. Yeah. Um, so I went there. Okay, and, and and that encouraged you as a sort of all-round performer yes, uh, instead exactly. of just a violinist because obviously yeah. what you do now, um, obviously you've got the, the, the music agency which we'll come on to, but I know yeah. when you perform, it's a, it's a whole kind of visual feast, isn't it? There's dancing along yeah, to music, yeah. there's, there's glamour in the costumes. You're not, it's just not, you're not just lined up in, a, in an orchestra, are you? You're quite often solo and really getting into it with a crowd and all that. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot more showbiz yeah. and that kind of those three years training me to be an all-rounder so my first study was music but then I did drama and dance yeah and that whole kind of showbiz thing I I just thought gosh there must be a way to bring this into violin and and make a show of it and did you learn the electric violin violin when you were at um, university or did that come later no I was purely classical so I was um, you know really really serious classical player but then you know, somebody said to me at, 
in my final year, oh, can you just play this piece for us on on electric violin, and we'll we'll borrow one from yeah. you. And and then um, and then kind of about four years after I left university, um, Vanessa May kind of exploded onto the scene. Uh, who was yeah. kind of the first big electric yeah. violinist, and um, and then a boyfriend at the time said, "Well, you can do that." So he bought me an electric oh, violin. Nice chap. And, yeah, nice chap. Uh-huh. And then and then so kind of after that, I didn't really look back. No. Really. So that's just been your natural kind of path. Yeah. And, and it's just kind of let you led you down that kind of more rock and roll kind of environment. Yeah, exactly. Then. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of more and. You know, classical music, you very much, unless you are, you know, the top ten in the world and you stand at the front in front and you are a soloist with the orchestra, you know, generally as a classical musician, you're part of an ensemble, you're a cog in a wheel, a tiny cog in a wheel. Um, And I guess... I'm a performer. I like yeah, to yeah. be at the front. Well, I, I was having a look at your website last night, um, <laughs> Red Hot Strings, which is obviously yeah. more about the agency, but obviously you're on there performing. Yeah. And obviously you've got the glamorous costumes, you know, you've got your your um, your colleagues, you know, doing a sort of lineup of four or six for you or whatever, all really looking the part, aren't you? So it's, it's, a, it's a stand-up and perform dancing in a way not dancing it's it, choreographed is it? yeah, oh, it, is yeah it? It's, okay. it is choreographed yeah. and and i over the years have kind of worked out choreography and moves that i can do whilst i'm playing yeah. or in like two bars rest or in a you know minimum rest or something yeah i was going to ask about that because obviously you know if you see an orchestra they're standing there they're playing a violin they've got the music in front of them and they're just playing along mm. whereas obviously you've got to memorize all this and your moves and in heels and look good and in yeah. heels yeah. yeah so respect to you yeah. for that i mean how long generally do you have to practice for each concert or event or whatever because it's not all about concerts is it it could be a party i think there's yeah. some bollywood thing recently yeah. yeah gosh i mean you know it's all you know being a woman it's all juggling because yeah. you yeah. know i'm trying to fit in running at home um my son who's you know still at school um he's 12 I'm trying to um also do some teaching as yeah. well which takes my yeah, time yeah I haven't realized that um so I've got dogs you know it's like <laughs> and so lots I, of spinning plates. yeah it's lots of spinning plates and and sometimes it gets to nine o'clock at night uh and my husband he gets up super super early for work and he might just want to go and you know just read and crash and and I like I'm like and I know I've got a show coming up yeah. at, at the end of the week and I I make myself practice like nine till eleven o'clock at night when most people are just exhausted in front of the Crikey. TV. So again, it all comes back to that inner discipline, yeah. you know, and it comes back to I think, you know, I had that when I was a child and and doesn't go you know, away. And and I, and as you get older, particularly being a woman, it it gets more and more difficult to find the time to practice um because you know you've got all these spinning plates yeah. going on uh, and alongside this obviously you know let's talk now about the business red hot strings where you're kind of an agent for other musicians yeah. and is this kind of a, has this been a natural progression between you knowing lots of great musicians yes exactly. and lots of clients clients yeah. i was gonna say venues yeah. clients yeah yeah so you've was that just kind of a an organic thing that happened or yeah it was an organic thing and then I, I made a conscious dis- decision last year to do it because I, I was going out solo I was going out as a quartet I was going out as a trio and then you know quite often you get asked for duo gigs so I just thought well why don't I just put this all under one umbrella red hot strings yeah dot com and uh, <laughs> and just just make 
you know, make it all together. But then there's also, the thing is, um, you know, to go back to when I first put my um, electric violin stamp on the world and then thought, oh, I could do this as a quartet, because a string quartet, musically, because you've got the bass, the alto playing oh, yeah. the middle parts of yeah. the second violin, and then obviously your first violin. Per, you know, um, in terms of harmonics, a string quartet is perfect. You know, you've got the whole spectrum. Yeah. And I thought four girls, that's quite sassy. You can choreograph that. So I went round um, the top three music colleges in London and put together an all-girl electric string quartet. I saw them on the website. Now, tell me, are two of them twins or sisters? Uh, twins. Yeah, yeah twins. I, yeah, but there's so. a pool of us, you right. see. So I've, I've got a pool of girls that I've worked with over the years. So I just, you know, because everybody's a freelance yeah. professional musician, yeah. so you can't guarantee that that girl will be free no, on that date. Not. So you have a pool. Yeah. But they're all amazing players. They all look great. And they all know the choreography. So, yeah. yeah. So you do that. I, I, I must admit, I never really sort of thought about sort of playing violin as a kind of a sexy sort of look and thing until a few years ago when I went to see um, Lord of the Dance oh, and those two yeah. now what are they called I wrote them down uh, is it Myra, Myra Nesbitt and Cora Smith I, they? or I, maybe they interchange them but I think they take because they were all they were always on tour yeah. so I'm sure they maybe they had all, a pool yeah, again I think of, they had a yeah. pool of players yeah I was looking it up last night because I was thinking about that's that's what the first time I looked at you know ladies playing violin thinking that's, this this looks cool this looks yeah, good yeah, yeah. And you do something very similar, don't you? Yeah, we're not quite so Irish, Irish, but 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 kind of a style. Yeah, and classical crossovers. So working with producers who, you know, I'll hear a classical piece and I think, ooh, you know, or or I know a classical piece and, and then get a producer to make a backing track of that and you might, cut it up into smaller sections yeah. or take a chunk and then put a, you know some drums underneath it and you basically make a track yeah incredible so we're going to run out of time before yes. we know it and i want to talk yes. to you about your sort of latest i was gonna say venture but it's yeah i don't know what it, it's not a venture is it it's a your challenge. Late, latest challenge <laughs> then so it's about the cd tell us yes about um well, I've just been taken on by a, a new management company. They're not new, but I am newly taken on. Yeah. And uh, and they work in conjunction with a PR agency. And they um, have asked me to front a charity single for a British charity called Buttle, which was set up by a clergyman, Frank Buttle, and it's basically helping... Um, Uh, children in the UK so it's a UK charity and children who maybe have to leave home at a very young age because home their home life is untenable and it's helping to set them up you know maybe with a laptop so they can go to college or you know buy a little bit of furniture things like that and also some children are sleeping on cushions on the floor and things like that and don't even have a bed so it helps to buy beds for them it's an amazing charity um, so they suggested doing a cover of Streets of London by Ralph McTell. Yeah. But with me, because of my songwriting, um, to rewrite the lyrics, so it was appropriate to do with the charity Buttle. So I've rewritten the lyrics, and, and I thought, well, because it's a kids' charity, I want to get my son on it, singing with me as well. Yeah. 
Um, so we've re- recorded a demo and it's been sent off to New York to the publishing uh, company who represent Mr. Ralph McTell and we are just waiting to hear. But if they give us a thumbs up, what we're then going to do is we're going to crowdfund on kickstarter.com um, the the costs for um, the charity single to actually physically record it yeah. with a top producer in a decent studio with violin piano and then we'll release the single and then all the pro all my profits as in my royalties yeah. rather will will go straight to bottle amazing yeah that's fantastic Thank so you. that's coming up in the next two or three months hopefully. Uh, well it's going to be hopefully a charity christmas single so we <laughs> need right, to so we, get well, on the case yeah. rather quickly yeah. so we're just waiting for the approval um from the publishers Fantastic. Well, we're going to have to wind up now. I think we could carry on chatting for another sort of 45 minutes, probably. So um, (laughs) if our listeners want to locate you, come along and sort of hire you for their next fabulous party, what's the website? Redhotstrings.com. Dot com. Okay. Thank you very much, Lisa. Lovely to have you on the show. And best of luck with that. Thank um, you, Anne. So that was Lisa Wallen of Red Hot Strings. We'd definitely like to have you back at some point. I think we could, you know, as I say, we've got so much more to talk about. You're listening to Just Women on Brooklyn's Radio. You can join in by emailing any comments or questions you may have to justwomen at brooklynsradio.co.uk or check us out on Facebook. Search for Just Women at Brooklyn's Radio. Just Women is just what you need.